Hello and welcome to Mediumship Matters, your go-to spiritual development podcast. I'm your host Hannah McIntyre and I am so excited to have you here. Join me and other great guests as we explore what it means to be a medium, the work that we need to do and the questions that we need to ask for our own development and unfoldment. I'm so happy that you're here. Let's begin. Just to let you all know that my book, You Are a Medium, You Just Don't Know It Yet, is available to purchase on Amazon or via my website, www.hannamedium.co.uk. I am incredibly proud to be able to say that it is already an Amazon bestseller and I'm so grateful to all of you for your reviews, comments and feedback. Um, If you haven't already, please do check it out. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Mediumship Matters with me, Hannah McIntyre. And today is a very exciting day. I know I say that every time, but it is. Um, Because I'm talking to a beautiful soul, uh, an author, Melanie Veers today. And Melanie really wonderfully sent me a copy of her book, which I know I've mentioned on the podcast before, uh, My Forever Heart, uh, to have a look at and read and review. And it was the first time I'd been asked to review a book. So it was very exciting for me. And it was an absolutely amazing book that really helped open me up uh, to some different ideas and theories when working with the spirit world. So hi, Mel, welcome. Hello, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to have you here. So um, (laughs) if you could just start off by telling the listeners a little bit about what, what started your journey with the spirit world, how you got into all of this. Okay, so I'd like to say that I've been seeing spirit from when I was a child and but I I didn't, I haven't. Um, In back in 1999, um, when I was 31, my husband at the time um, unexpectedly uh, took his own life. And it was 
absolutely devastating. We had two boys who were two and a half and five. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just totally shocked, totally lost. Um, I'd never, well, I've never experienced anything like it. I'd never really experienced death before. Um, my grandfather had died, but he was sort of 86. And this was my sort of first taste of death. And it was just absolutely shocking. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what happened was, oh, I was in shock for a couple of days. And then because I was always a bit of a scaredy cat, I didn't like being in the house on my own at night. Um, I've always been a little bit scared of my own shadow. And because the boys were so young, um, for the first nights, first few nights, my mother and mother-in-law took it in turns to sort of stay with me because I was sort of so scared. And it got to sort of night three and I thought, this is ridiculous. I've got to try and get my life back to some order. Mm-hmm. I've got to get back into the swing of things. You know, I, I just needed to have my space. So I remember going to bed at night and been absolutely terrified. I mean, now it sounds embarrassing saying it, but I just remember laying in bed being so scared. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all of a sudden I had this really warm feeling starting from my feet. And it was like somebody was sort of putting a warm cotton wool blanket all over my body. And I remember just floating up above the bed and just feeling totally loved, this beautiful, warm feeling, um, as if I was sort of back in the womb and was just sort of swaying. And then the next thing I remember, I opened my eyes and it was the morning. Wow. And I thought, wow, what happened? Um, And since that moment, I was never, ever scared again. I mean, I had, we had this pervy neighbour next door and a couple of months after my husband died at one o'clock in the morning there was a knock on the door and I went down there and he said oh can I borrow a cup of sugar so I said no you can't and you know sort of went to shut the door and he went actually I've locked myself out can I sleep on your settee so I shut the door locked it up heard him go back into his house um, and I thought, you know what, I just I just didn't feel scared. I felt so empowered and so strong. And I just knew that something had happened. I'd had some sort of healing. Mm-hmm. I didn't think it was my husband, but I knew that something had happened. Yeah. And then about eight months later, I was really drawn to go and see this medium. I'd never seen a medium before. I didn't really know what to expect. But all these synchronicities happened and I went and saw this lovely lady um, and she just gave me this um, most amazing um, reading. It was about an hour long, which is really unusual. Um, And she just knew so much about my life. She knew so much about what happened. She knew how my husband had died. She was telling me stuff, some stuff about the future, but loads about my past. Um, And I thought, this is stuff she just couldn't have made up. Um, and there was even stuff that I didn't know about it. Uh, she was saying that there's, I can see somebody selling fruit and veg off a barrow. And I thought, oh, I'm not sure who that is. But when I spoke to my dad on the phone, he said, that was me. He said, when I was 15, that was me. I used to do that. And my nan came through. She'd had MS. Um And it was wonderful. And this lady said to me, you have got the most beautiful guardian angel with you. She said, I've never seen 
an angel so beautiful and I told her about the experience and she said that would have been your guardian angel um she also said that your husband is saying that if he knew then what he knows now he would never have done it and he was obviously very very sorry and that he's going to guide you um when you're ready to meet somebody else and I'm like no way <laughs> I don't you know I just want to concentrate on the boys I'm I'm not interested in meeting anyone else but um the reading was amazing and then to and then she sort of said well do you, you could actually um do this yourself you know you you could do this you I can see you doing healing um she said I run groups why don't you come along to it and I was very much not at the moment it's not the right time the boys were so young mm-hmm. um although I wanted to and I was sort of really excited about it I just thought no I need to put this on the back burner so two years later um I met my husband um he, uh, he called me the ice queen because he said I was so <laughs> I was so offish and not wanting to sort of engage with him at all but he was a friend of my sister's and her husband mm-hmm. um but on the second meeting I really really liked him and very quickly we we got together which I never thought I would mm-hmm. and he is just the love of my life he um he's got three children um and he's sort of well, he just loved my boys like they were his, you know, and we became this blended family and it was lovely. Um, I loved his children, he loved mine, and yeah, it was beautiful and it still is. We're very, very happy. Um, and then life went on and then maybe five years later, we had another tragedy where my niece from my first husband, who was um, 17 and absolutely beautiful, um inside and out she was just this gorgeous girl um got killed in a car crash um she was on her way to a night out the driver had taken drugs and was driving too fast and she hadn't got a seatbelt on and she died and it just left another huge hole in the family I, I just I think that's when I thought why you know we've we've had our tragedy why have we had this happen again? I, I thought I was safe and that we wouldn't have anything else again. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the family pulled together. This was my first husband's family, but um, my husband now gets on really well with them and we're really close to the family and we still are. Um, so, yeah, we, we sort of all pulled together and it was it was terrible, but life moved on. And then... In 2011, um, my dad, who was 64 at the time, got diagnosed with two brain tumours. And he was so fit and healthy and full of life, and we just could not believe it. Mm -hmm. And I just remember thinking, there is no way you are dying, Dad. There's just no way this is going to happen. And we went to see the consultant, and the consultant said, um, he's got three months at the most. It's very, very aggressive. And that's when I started to have these sort of synchronicities happen. Things start, people started talking about spiritual healing, about faith healing. Mm -hmm. And then I was led to um, the spiritualist church near where I live. Never been to anywhere like it again. But I I remember I went in my lunchtime. I was ever so nervous. um, But I went in and I said what had happened. 
and he, he was lovely. He was sort of in his 70s and he said, come in, my love, you know, sit down. I'm going to give you some healing first because I feel that you need it. And it was the most incredible experience. I mean, it just, I just came out of there feeling on cloud nine. There was so much love. I saw steam coming off of me, colours. I thought, what is going on? Um, but he put me in contact with somebody near where my dad lived. Um, so my dad, who at the time was struggling to walk, he had asphasia, which meant that his words were coming out all gobbledygook. Um, but my mum and my sister, one of, one of my sisters and me took him to have some healing. And it was the most profound experience ever. So it was, it was quite a, a dark little room. But I could see smoke. It looked like smoke coming off of my dad's head everywhere. He was shaking. He was crying. Um, and I, I'd just never seen my dad cry, really. But he was crying. He was so emotional. He, but he was enjoying it. Mm-hmm. And um, there, were, there were two men doing the healing on my dad. And I, we were just blown away by it. And they both turned around to me and my sister and said, look, you two are healers you could do do this for your dad. Do you want us to teach you so you can do healing on your dad? And we were like, yes, yes, please. Um, So we jumped at the chance. So me and my sister and these two um, healers, these two guys, and another two people joined our group. So we had three men, three women. And we sat in circle for eight years. Every Thursday I did my spiritual healing which my assessment was done by the very first medium that gave me that reading which was lovely Um, my reiki one my reiki two my reiki master we did cabinet work we did channeling we did scrying we did table tipping we did meditations that were just so amazing we were all seeing the same thing because by that time we were sort of so connected and so in tune Um, So that's really how I got into the healing. And my dad, um, he was given three months and he lasted two years. Wow. Given him regular healing. um, And he had the most beautiful death. He was surrounded by my mum and his three daughters. And I just feel so privileged that I was, you know, we were able to say to him, you can let go, dad. It's all right. Just go to the light. Mm-hmm. Um, there was so much spirit in that room and we were able to look above us and sort of know that he was there going off and it was just beautiful and if I hadn't have gone through this journey that would never have happened for my dad so I am so grateful um, to spirit that you know I'd learned what I did so I was able to give dad a beautiful death or we all were Amazing. Um, and then the losses keeps happening. So my um, my brother-in-law, he was found um, dead in his house. Um, my husband had a phone call saying that the milk bottles had been left out for a couple of days. Nobody had seen him come out. Mm-hmm. My husband had gone around there. The police were there and he died in his sleep. So that was a sort of another shock. Mm-hmm. And then um, a year after that, my beautiful mother-in-law, who's my first husband's mother, she got cancer and she died within six weeks. Um, And that was really tragic, especially to my boys, because that was their link to their dad. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a big thing for them. Um, but she, And she was a beautiful lady. She was lovely. And then three months after her, her husband died. I think he died of a broken heart. So, again, that was all of a sudden the sort of they'd been completely wiped out. Um, and I think, yeah, my boys found that really hard. And the family did. It was just sort of another loss that hit us. And then three years after that, um, the worst tragedy of all struck. Um, my beautiful youngest son, who was 20 at the time, um, took his own life. And it's totally unexpected and um, he was struggling with life he struggled with uni I think he was he was fine until he got to an adult and then he was such a sort of sensitive soul so gentle that he he found life really hard he didn't want the sort of typical life where you get a job you get married you have children he used to say he just felt he didn't belong in this world um we used to have really deep conversations about spirit and about things. He was like my, my, cause a lot of the family just thought I was a bit, <laughs> a bit you know what it's like. Yeah. <laughs> they sort of let us get, let me get on with it. But he, he used to really listen. We had, you know, deep, meaningful conversations and, you know, his, his death was absolutely horrifying. It was horrendous. It was it, even as, spiritual as I am it was so physically painful I mean when people say you know your heart is ripped out of your chest I was shocked at the depth of pain that you physically feel it's 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 emotionally and mentally but the physical pain the first couple of days it was like I was on my knees I thought I can't breathe I don't know what I'm going to do um and then the day after he died, um, me and my husband had to go and visit him in the hospital morgue. And we were trying to eat a bowl of soup. Our stomachs were churning. It was awful. Um, and then all of a sudden, the telly flipped on with Band of Brothers. And that was his favourite programme, that him and my son used to watch it over and over and over again. And it just came on the telly. And it was like, oh, thank you. Thank you, Luke. Thank you for sort of doing that, you know, keep it coming, keep it coming, because it was just so lovely. I mean, we both sort of shocked, but over the years with all the the losses we'd had, every time someone died, we used to get a lot of electrical stuff happen. So light bulbs exploding, lights going on and off, TV remotes turning over, particularly loud crashes in the house. That was really um, significant. We'd had loads of sort of crashing noises. So so that was happening as well, which was lovely. Um, and then about two weeks after um, my son had died, I'd gone back to sit in my group because I think my sort of mentors were worried that I would turn my back on sort of spirituality and spirit. But I didn't. I was. I felt... I needed to get back to it. I needed to get close to him. And we were having a meditation and it was a bit unusual because um, it was a meditation where I felt actually quite close to the earth. It was very dark. And I remember we, we were walking past this huge bonfire. So somebody was leading, you know, somebody was leading us through on this guided meditation, but it was different to the normal meditations. And 
halfway through it, I could hear my son going, mum, mum. And he came running up to me and I was like, oh my God. And he, and he looked so young and so healthy and he had, he had his friend's dog with him. So a couple of weeks after he died, um, his best friend's dog died and he loved that dog. He was allergic to dogs, so he couldn't keep dogs. But anyway, he had Harvey, this dog with him. And he just said, mum, mum, I can't talk for long. Your, your guides let me come through. And my guide, I could see him. He was my guide um, called Paul. He had a very simple robe on, but I, I knew he was very important. And I just remember looking at him, just being so grateful. And I was like hugging my son. I could actually feel him, smell him. It was so real. Um, and he just said, mum, everything you've said is true. Everything you've said is true. Your guide is the top man round here. You know, and I was like, so chuffed. And he said, I've got to go now. I can't stay long. I've got to go. But I didn't tell anyone in my meditation group because I just wanted to keep it to myself. I came out of it and the rest of the night I was like a bit shocked. But when we got outside, I told my sister and it was really lovely. And again, I was so grateful that that happened. Um, and I think that's the only time that I've really connected to him as if I feel like he's in the room. Yeah. Um, then about... Ooh, Two years after he died, I was drawn to go and have another reading. And I didn't want to have a reading with a medium that knew me yeah. or knew stuff about me. So I actually had a reading with um, Louise, Essex medium. Oh, yeah. She's yeah. actually been on your podcast. Yes, yeah, she has. Um, so I, rem- I, you know, I, I remember sort of sitting in her lounge. Um, I mean, Louise is beautiful, isn't she? She's beautiful to look at, but she's a lovely person. But... She was on the phone for some reason because um, she had to speak to the school and I was a bit early. But I remember thinking, oh, the sun's just turned up. And then I could just feel all these spirits coming into the room. So she led me into her dining room where she got all the candles lit and everything else. And all the candles just went whoosh and they just all went out. And she was like, oh, my God, there's so much spiritual energy here. What's going on? Um, And then she gave me an amazing reading. Again, it was about an hour long because the person who was supposed to come either before or after me had a a tyre blowout on the A12. (laughs) I'm sure that was arranged by spirit. (laughs) So I I got extra. And again, it was lovely. I mean, um, my son came through, my husband, all of them came through, everyone came through. Um, And one of the things she'd said, which... I needed validated because that's what my son was saying to me. Um, Whereas my husband had a choice whether he lived or died. Mm -hmm. um, With Luke, what he was saying to me was that he knew he wouldn't make old bones. And he and I knew this is something that we'd agreed before we were born. Um, And he he wasn't going. He knew when he was born that he wouldn't live till he was you know an older age Mm -hmm. and she brought that she actually brought that through for me which I needed that validated you know because sometimes you still question yourself don't you you have all these things and mine comes through very much as a knowing Mm -hmm. and I think I wish I could just hear him or see him clearly but it's it's more of a knowing um 
So it was nice that she validated it for me and she brought up loads of stuff. I mean, at the funeral, um, I decided to have it at the football club because he was football mad. Both my boys are. They played football from a very young age. He was still playing football. So I hired out the football club and we had the wake in one side of the of the building. The other was like a pub side where we had his music playing and Domino's pizzas delivered and stuff. But I hired the football courts out and I said to all his friends, because I thought there's going to be all these 20 year olds turning up, probably never experienced death. There's alcohol there. And I just wanted them to sort of, I don't know, I thought if they can play football together, that would sort of help them get through the day. And I think I didn't realise this, but a lot of people said to me afterwards, we thought you were mad when you said you were going to hire the football courts out. But actually, it worked perfectly. It helped everyone, really, because, you know, at times it was like 20 aside in a football court and everyone was, all the boys were getting on well. And then they would dip back and have a pizza and listen to his music. Whereas the sort of old fogies were in the hall having a sort of more traditional way. Yeah. So, and he kept bringing through to Louise, um, I love the football. And she said, did you have a memorial match? Um, or have a football or something because she said he keeps saying at the at the funeral this about this football and I went no we did play football and she's like what (laughs) but then I explained it and he said you know he loved it and there was so much he brought through but one of the things he said was um mum you're going to write a book and she said, oh. are you writing a book? And I said, no. I said, I've just been to a book launch of a friend's and, and my husband did say to me in the car, you ought to write a book because I do like writing. Um, but I said, no, I've got no plans to write a book. And she said, well, he's saying, mum, you've got to write this book. I'm going to help you and you've got to write it. It's going to be really good. Um, and I said, well, what's it going to be about? And she said, I don't know. She said, maybe it's sort of about helping people with their grief and things. And I thought, oh, that sounds a bit depressing, really. And I said, oh, you know, OK. So I sort of left the reading and thought, hmm, I'll, I'll think on that one. And then another year went by and I still hadn't done anything about the book. And I had another reading. And again, he came through saying, you haven't written this book. You've got to write this book. Um, And then very soon after that, we went into lockdown. And then in lockdown, I started to get the seeds of an idea. A lot of my stuff actually comes through when I'm laying in the bath. I know they say about meditation and everything else. But when I'm laying in the bath and I I just get loads come through or when I'm um, waking up in the morning, Mm-hmm. it just sort of comes into my mind so I got the um the seeds of an idea and then it was just coming in like a movie I couldn't write it quick enough um so I, I wrote the book in a few weeks but then I had to sort of go back and pad it out and some of the concepts that are in the book I sort of had them in my head but I wasn't sure how I was going to sort of get them out and I needed them explained a bit better because Mm-hmm. you know it takes a lot to get your head around it and incidentally um five years ago I did a degree I got um a first in psychoanalysis which is psychoanalytical studies I had no intentions of going back to school certainly not university I'd left school at 16 on a YTS scheme so <laughs> I had no interest 
And I was working at a school, working with families and vulnerable children and that sort of thing, pastoral care. And um, I was asked to do this degree, which, which helps support. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for the award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. These families, and I said, oh, no, I can't do a degree. And then in one of my healing group, um, one of the ladies was a, a doctor, a psychiatrist. And she said, you must do that course. And again, I said, oh, no, I can't. I haven't been back to school since um, you know, I was 16. You know, I just couldn't do it. I haven't got A-levels. Mm-hmm. She said, I'm sure it's just work-based. It's not A-levels. Anyway, the summer holidays um, came and my boys were at an age where they didn't really need me. And the house was tidied and I was a bit bored and I cleaned the house from top to bottom. And I'd gone into the bathroom. And when I come out in front of me on the hall, was the leaflet for this course. (laughs) Now, it was not there. I mean, I probably did bring a leaflet home, but it definitely wasn't there. And this was August and it started September. And I just looked at it and I thought, someone's trying to tell me something. So I went down and I phoned up this course and I got straight through to the director of the course. And he said, I said to him, look, I've never, I haven't been back to school for years. I'm really worried about this. I haven't got A-levels. And he said, you will be perfect for this course. Um, So he told me where to go for the student finance. He told me where to enrol. And then literally four weeks later, I'm sitting at the university in a room of like 16 people, all sort of similar age to me. And I absolutely loved it. It was it was psychoanalysis. So I was looking at Freud and Melanie Klein. And it really, because um, I thought it would sort of go against my spirituality, but it didn't at all. Everything linked in, even like the um, clairsentience and the projection and all that sort of stuff. It, it just, I loved it. And so I was working full time, plus doing the university, plus doing the healing. Plus I had the family, but because I loved it all, everything wow. just seemed to flow. Yeah. So, and I got a first, which I couldn't believe. Um, nice. But I think I was led to do that course because when I, when it came to these concepts, without having that sort of studying, I would have found it really hard to get my head around it. Mm-hmm. But because I've done that course, I mean, it's helped me in everyday life. It's helped me with my healing, with my clients. Um, but I think a lot of it was to do with writing this book. 
even though it was sort of five years previous, it's like everything just flows, doesn't it? If you go with the flow, spirit, open up your path and everything comes in when you need it. Um, so, yeah, the, the concepts I had to um, work on a little bit because yeah. I thought, how am I going to get this down on paper and have I actually understood it properly? Because a lot of people are going to think, she's mad you know she's yeah. a bit crazy yeah so I love it right oh so much to pick through in all of that and uh, the first thing I really want to say is is thank you for sharing your story because you've been very brave there and um it's such an interesting thing really that you have experienced such painful losses and so many horrendous mm. and painful losses but your story, the story, My Forever Heart, is very positive. Uh, it's a very uplifting tale, isn't it? Of the yeah. continued existence. Yeah, of yeah. And yeah. what happens afterwards. It's, yeah. it, of course, there's poignancy in there. And your uh, main lady, Grace, uh, you know, yeah. she, she has gone through things and experienced things. Um, yeah. and, and again, her own sadnesses and her own losses. But it's just, it is such a positive, uplifting book. And it's, it's I mean, you would never think that such, it, intellectually, obviously I know because of, I do this for a living, but intellectually, yeah. you would never think such a positive story could come through from such heartache. And I think it's wonderful that you share that for people. Yeah, so oh, thank, thank you. you. I mean, I, I did want that positivity to come through because I'm not downplaying my grief or anybody's grief no. because that will be with me forever. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the, the heaviness in my heart now, I actually, whereas before I thought, how am I going to cope with this? It hasn't gone away. I've learned to live with it, but it's like I'm carrying him around with me. And, and that gives me, you know, a bit like he's in the womb, but he's in my heart. And it's like ev every sort of wedding, birth, whatever that happens in the family, it is a double-edged sword when someone dies because it's not right that they're not there. But to me, he is, here, he is there, you know. And so thank you for, no, you know, well, for saying it's that. very brave of you to share it. And, and the thing is, that is the message, isn't it? Always the message in all media, yeah. I think, is that we're not, we're not missing anything. We, no. we are here we are just separate but still here but and and yeah. different but still here so let's talk about the book so uh tell us a little bit about you know a synopsis of the story don't give away spoilers <laughs> <laughs> but you know, what is your tale the tale of well so it, it starts with Grace Sullivan the main character who's 86 and she's on her deathbed and it starts off with her sort of knowing that she's going to die, mm -hmm. wanting to die because she needs, to, she, she wants to see her husband and her son who had died many years previous. And she's in the nursing home sort of saying goodbye to her other son who is not really a believer. Mm -hmm. He wants to be, he's had evidence, but he's, a, he's one of these scientific people that needs a lot <laughs> of evidence. Yeah. Um, bit like my oldest son. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and so the journey follows her actually dying in the second chapter mm -hmm. um, and being born back into heaven. And there she's met by her loved ones, um, particularly her son and her ascended master. And there they sort of take a journey through heaven where um, she revisits her past lives. 
she revisits her many lives as Grace and then she merges back with her soul and, and does a life review looking over her current life um, only to sort of merge back with her soul family afterwards and uh, yeah. It's amazing because you have really got the balance in that book between some very uh, clever concepts that are verging on beyond my intelligence but you know <laughs> there's some really deep spiritual philosophies but it's very yeah. accessible and be- I think because you're following the character story it, it helps to make it make sense to us yeah yeah. Uh, yeah so it, it's rather really lovely and obviously I just recognized uh, a tale that's of, of uh, the dog the dog yes. and the allergy yeah. is in the book, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, um, so, yeah. And, uh, and every medium that brings my son through, they all say, he's got a dog with him. <laughs> and, he, and he does. <laughs> I love that. I absolutely, I absolutely love that. Now, um, it was a really interesting, some of the concepts to me really interesting. So let's talk about, I mean, past lives, I think most people understand yeah. the concept. We don't, mm. one of the things that I find really interesting um, that came from your book uh, with the many lives and the past life context context is I understand that time is a human construct. I hear that from spirit a lot. I Mm. go, yeah, yeah, I've got that. I've got that. But then actually your book really triggered um, a philosophical process Mm. for me to go through with Mm. my spirit team about the fact that all of our lives are lived simultaneously. Yeah. You know, we are past lives, but we are also whole and it's, yeah it's mind-blowing it is um and sometimes Mm. I just imagine a bit of puff of smoke coming out of one of my ears it's just gone your brain is not (laughs) just done just done yeah yeah Yeah. Um, so uh the many lives concept I had not heard I mean apart from sliding doors and stuff like that but no Mm. one I've I've ever read has really explored that Mm. concept of the same life but with different outcomes and different yes. experiences and how that impacts on somebody. And yeah. you do that with Grace through the book, don't you? Yeah. Uh, with her children yeah. and her life yeah. and yeah. Her, her husband. And that mm. was, I'm assuming that came from spirit. Yes. You told me part of your book was channeled because that yeah. is yeah. That amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So how did they give that to you? Because that's a huge Yeah, it was, it, it was weird because it's sort of, so I sort of had a knowing that I'd had a life where I couldn't have children. Mm-hmm. And when, one of the things I'd say about this life is that from a very young age, I craved having children. I love babies, I love children, and I desperately wanted children. And when I was trying to have children and my first son took a year to fall and my second son was like eight months but I could really relate to these people that couldn't have children but didn't really think too much of it I just thought I like children I like babies but there was also another concept so when in meditation um I kept seeing like the base self I can it's it's so hard to describe it but I kept seeing like if you imagine a base self, like a, a person, and then lots of um, lives peeling off of that mm-hmm. all at the same time, mm-hmm. 
all living out at the same time. Mm -hmm. And I, I spoke to sort of my mentors about it and they said, well, yes, it is possible. And I know quantum physicists had sort of said it's possible. Yeah. But my brain, I mean, you know, it's, it's a hard thing to actually go through. So I, I'd always sort of had that feeling that there is this space self. So you're literally in heaven, mm -hmm. space self, and you and if you know, like in cartoons, when you see people die and then the body sort of peels off, yeah. all of these lives living but feeding back into this sort of base self. So all of the knowledge and everything you can sort of link into. So it's like your higher self. When you link to your higher self, you're actually linking to this base self in heaven with all of this information. So yeah. all of these lives that live, you can just tap into it. Um, you know, so when you go within, you don't need anyone else. You know, we, we tend to seek answers, but it's all there. Yeah. But it's but it wasn't just um, past lives. It was the it was the same life. So the only way I could think of describing it is the library thing with the with the yes. book. So that each book is like a you know like a, a Melanie Veers book. Yeah. And then every page is a different life that Melanie Veers has lived yeah and then a, another book would be like a past life so you know like a completely different life where you change your character color creed sex you know mm -hmm. um but yeah it it was like I could I could feel it and I could see it but I didn't know how to explain it to people and it's still not a very good explanation I, I still can't you know <laughs> I still can't and actually interestingly enough I read the conversation with God books. I don't know if you've read them by no. Neil Donaldson Walsh. So he wrote three books and my daughter was very much into spirituality and I thought I'm going to get them for her birthday. I'd read them years ago. But when I went back, I'd seen that he'd written another book called Home with God. And I thought, oh, I'm going to order that for me. So I'd ordered it and it sat on the shelf for a couple of years. Yeah. And when I'd sent this book off to be published and it was locked down, yeah. I thought, I'm going to read that. Well, in that book, he talks about the life review, which I thought, oh, life review, that's in my book. Yeah. But also he talks about when you die and you have your life review, you can decide that you don't want to die, so you're going to come back, which I do mention in my life review. Mm -hmm. And then he explains that you don't sort of go back to that life, so that life will carry on without you. So if you died in a car crash mm -hmm. and then you had your life review and you decided you, you needed more to do in this life, the life where you died would carry on with you being dead. Yes. But you will go back and it would split off and you would carry on from that point living that life as if you'd never had that car crash. Mm -hmm. So you've, And then he explains about time as in, you time is not linear you you can go up down a bit like charlie and the chocolate factory with the glass lift you can go up down sideways whatever um and that's how sort of spirit explained it to me with the charlie and the chocolate factory thing because that made sense to me mm -hmm. um and i read that and i thought oh yeah he is touching a bit on that book is touching a bit about the many lives you lead yeah. um so that was sort of a bit of a coincidence or not uh, or not yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah synchronicity yeah amazing yeah. of course you know spirit know don't they yeah and you channeled that 
uh, the author of that book channeled that so it, yeah. it doesn't surprise it's, me at exactly all. and and the thing is with spirit they don't have time so they don't ever really miss us because mm-hmm. they're with us all the time it's us left behind isn't it that have the pain of not having them around us um but I also get a comfort to know that I have had many lives with my son where I did see him grow up I did see him marry I did see him have children um that brings me a lot of comfort but I think I really picked that up from your book actually is the the idea that somewhere there is a part of you yeah. experiencing that life yeah. with them yeah. still, yeah, um, which is yeah, doesn't take it away, but it's kind it's kind of lovely to have that to know that that is happening. Mm. It's you beautifully done the way you do it because you can really immerse yourself in it and and experience it. So this is something interesting because this is one of the questions that I wrote down um, about oh. your book is and you mentioned it already. So I was like, aha, is the <laughs> choice versus predestined. So um, because some people believe that our path is our path and we come here and we live it out. And some people believe that we create as we go along our path. I'm a kind of a hodgepodge. <laughs> I'm a little bit mm. between the two. I think there's mm. certain things that we agree will happen to us that we have. Yeah. That's that's the sole contract we're here. And then yeah. there's other things that we choose. Yeah. Where do you sit with that? Um, I think that you can go against your sole contract. You can, we've got free will. Yes. So you don't have to follow what your. I think when you come in, it's not set in stone so you don't know how you're going to die or you don't know when you're going to die you just know that that is the sort of loose contract that you've come in with and actually I think that we have free will so we do not have to Mm -hmm. follow that I think when we follow our path we have um more meaningful lives maybe um you know we you know when you know you're doing the right thing sometimes everybody is against you saying oh you don't want to go for that job oh it's less money what are you doing it blah 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 but you know mm-hmm. that you need to go to that job even though it's not on paper you know it's less money it's not a job and you might actually hate it yeah. but from the job you've taken that leads you on to something else better mm-hmm. and I think that's why if you can follow your gut and your intuition then that's following the middle path, isn't it? And I think that, but I think, no, I think it would be a bit boring, wouldn't it, if it was all laid out and you had to follow it exactly. I mean, where is the creativity in that? And where's the learning in that? Because there is If your soul knows how it's going to pan out. Yeah, exactly. So, no, I, I think it's very loosely done and you don't have to follow it if you don't want to. Yes, I definitely think there's free will. Yeah. But I think that if you if you can um, link to your intuition in your gut, then, you know, and how many times has things been delayed by five years because you veered off on another path, but eventually you've come back to it. So maybe five years earlier, you could have arrived there, but you've just taken the long route. And so what? You yeah. know, and I, and I think failing's good. I mean, we never, ever in we sort of always look at failure as a bad thing, especially like when I worked in the schools, these, it was all English, math, science, and you're not allowed to fail and everything. And I think, why? Failing's good. 
because you learn better, don't you, from your mistakes? Absolutely. And if, if everything was sort of privileged and came to you easily, where would the sort of sort of fun and accomplishment and satisfaction come from? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, trying different things and yeah, completely. So uh, one of the couple of things that I wanted to touch on um, that I know we spoke about a little bit when we were chatting beforehand, but I, so one of the things I want to be very clear on for people that are listening who may have lost somebody to suicide. Sorry, I've got a pipe if you can hear that. No, I can't. Marvellous. I'm really glad that's picking up on the podcast. <laughs> got an annoying pipe in the house. Um, but one of the things that um, picks that comes up a lot is obviously when people take their own lives mm-hmm. um, and the idea of um, the very religious concepts that view that as a sin and in my experience as a medium that they are the same as everybody else and I'm assuming that from your book that it's the same yeah yeah I mean my grandfather was a very strict Catholic he was a lovely man he was a very strict Catholic and when my first husband died he his reaction was oh I hope he's been murdered and not taken his own life and he didn't he wasn't meaning it in a horrible way but his religion was so um set that that would be terrible for him and no absolutely not that to me that is not the case at all when when uh when you die from suicide you are met by your loved ones by loving spirit you will get healing as soon as you arrive in spirit um and no no it's not that um horrible experience and I really want people to know that because I know my son is really happy in spirit and he is loved and um yeah and And, and even my first husband um when I've connected with him you know I'm sure they might need extra healing yeah but but no no and I think they must need healing because they see what it does to the people that remain and that is uh uh you know it's a tough I, I don't think anyone takes that choice lightly no and I think it must be very hard for a soul in a space of love and like also yeah. people, I know you mentioned this in your book but people that ha- who have, have made horrible decisions where they've taken other people's lives or hurt other people and things yeah. like that you know mm. they are they are still loved we are all still loved and yeah. we all go to the same place and it must be, I think it must be incredibly hard to be surrounded by love and being loved. Yeah, I think people, the amount, the amount of people that would say things like, you know, oh, it's selfish and that sort of thing. These people are, are ill. Yeah. They're just, you know, they're unwell. Can you imagine um, the, the sort of pain it must have caused them to sort of know, to sort of leave their loved ones and, and know that they're just not in the right place and it's an illness like anything else and I think the world at the moment is is a really hard place to be mm-hmm. and I think um, especially for the young people there's so much pressure on them to you know go to university just to get a job that doesn't need a university degree yeah. um, but we're not we're not focusing on things like apprenticeships that you're people that are more practical or you know just don't want to follow that sort of path um and i think if you're a sensitive at the moment the with everything that's going on it's just it's hard it and we're, just... we're losing community and communication and and yeah. you know one of the biggest things i think for me when i've had struggles with my mental health has been that it's not forever 
yeah you have this kind of feeling that it's when you're in it you feel like it's a permanent state and you think yeah. I can't exist like this for yeah. eternity yeah but I'm lucky in the fact that I have managed to come out the other side of it and when it does blip I go well it won't be forever and that even that having that thought that I know it will pass yeah. makes such a difference yeah whereas when I was younger I just thought this was how my existence was going to be yeah exactly and I think it doesn't help that these people that go to the doctors and they're put on antidepressants and things the side effects are horrendous I mean um and I think if we could turn to more sort of natural things like healing um diet um connecting with nature and talk yeah exactly connecting mm. with nature getting mm. out of that space I think mm. yeah medication will work for some but it's not a fix-all and we need to look yeah out. I mean I'm not suggesting that anyone doesn't go to the doctor and doesn't no, take medication no, but um I know you know I mean my son tried it and the side effects were terrible for him so he just stopped taking it immediately um, and then you don't go back you don't ask yeah and it's a yeah it's a very prescriptive route we have for people who, who yes yeah so um Yes, amazing. So there's so much there. And I don't want to talk too much about the book because I would love for listeners uh, to go and buy it and and read it and have their own journey with it because I don't want to put my take on everything in there. It should be something that people come out fresh, if you know what I mean. And I got things from it the second time I read it that were different from the first. So you know that there's real depth in there. Oh. I love it. I love it. Thank you. Um, so thank you very much for coming on. Now, your website is melanieveers.com. Melanieveers.com. I know that you can Google you and it just comes up as well. Um, and so on your website, you've got some healing meditations as well, haven't you? For people to Yes. So I've got um, two albums on there. Each album has got three meditations. And if anyone wants to um, buy it, if they click on the purchase and there's a little promotion code, if they put 25%, all in capitals, 25 the number, um, they'll get 25% off as well. Anyone that's listening to this, you know, you can put that in and you'll get 25% off. Excellent. So um, is that the, 25, the, the word percent? The um, number 25 yeah. and then the word percent in capitals okay. with no gap. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you very so, much. How lovely. That's a treat for everybody. Thank you very much. And your book can be um, bought through your website as well. Yeah, it can be bought, um, bought from my website, which takes you onto Amazon. Excellent. Um, and then, yeah, you can just click onto Amazon. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for sharing your journey and sharing your heartache, but also your learning and how Spirit have helped you. Been fantastic to talk to you. And oh, thank well. you, Hannah. Really Massive enjoyed it. Book. Thank you very much. Thank you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast today. I hope you enjoyed it. As always, I'm here just to ask you to click that follow button, to share the podcast on your social media and leave a review. These things help me so much with reaching more people, getting better guests, getting more information out there. So anything you can do to help would be gratefully received. And I will catch up with you again soon. Thanks for listening.